In a world where people are famous for doing nothing, we're here to discover the ordinary individuals who take giant leaps to do something extraordinary. Welcome to Moving Forward. Welcome back to Moving Forward. I am your host this week, Krista Nepper, and today I have a very special guest and personal friend. Angie Andrews is a mother, a wife, and an inspiring life coach. Angie, before we get started, I just want to thank you for being here with us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to start off about and give our listeners some background about what you do and how you really found your passion. And for those listening, Angie and I met in Maui on a retreat. And so I want to talk to you about your journey, how you came to do what you love um, and what that kind of looked like. Oh, okay. Um, It's kind of a roundabout journey, actually. Um, I was in and a career in ophthalmology for about 17 years and, um, was just, you know, loved my job. It wasn't really feeling fulfilled and started to get this inkling a few years ago that, um, something big was coming, that something was going to change. And I found this retreat to Maui and, it spoke to me, and I had no idea how I was going to pull it off, but I went. And out of that came the realization that um, I had never really in any way, shape, or form taken care of or connected with myself, that my whole life had been based around caring for other people. And also from that retreat came this deep knowing that I wanted to help other women to care for themselves and to connect with themselves. You know, not everyone can go on a retreat to Maui. And I wanted to make sure that other women could feel a deep sense of connection with themselves and could know that they were worthy of self-care. I didn't know how what that was going to look like, but I came home just with this knowing that it was time to change. So how did you evolve that deeper intuition into what you're doing today? What was that process for you? It was really a process of getting quiet and making the time to listen and stop being ruled by my head and by my ego and really listening to what my what my soul wanted. And from there, really just listening and then taking these little action steps in the direction of what I would hear. So, you know, one of the things I would hear, for instance, was to share, to share my message, to share what I had experienced through writing. And that's where my blog started. Had you been a writer previously? Oh my God, no. (laughs) In fact, I, I, I will never forget. It was actually in Maui we were doing some exercise where we were meditating and we were very quiet and I kept getting like this write a book thing. And I was just, I laughed to myself because I was like, I hate writing. I'm not a good writer. It's work for me. Like I hate it. And I remember thinking there's no way that I'm going to be a writer. And then I got home and it never went away. I would hear over and over, share through writing, write a book, blog. And so that's how it started. And Started with my blog, and as I started doing my blog and creating my website, I realized that I really had this other desire to work one-on-one with women and in groups, sort of spreading the message about radical self-care and making sure that, you know, women 
found a path back to themselves because I know so many women that I know their lives are based on taking care of everybody else and putting everyone else's needs first. And I found that that's really not a productive, healthy way to live and that it's so much more fulfilling for myself and everyone around me when I take care of me first. So, Yeah, let's unpack that a little bit. I want to talk to you about that realization. And you mentioned that you were caring for others, but not yourself. So Mm -hmm. was that something, how did you learn that? Let's start there. How did you learn that? And then what were the steps that allowed you to change that? Because Mm -hmm. I think that that's a place where maybe our listeners want to get started. It's so hard once you establish these patterns, especially when you are the giver. And I think all women do this, where we're giving, we're giving, we're attempting to please, attempting to please. And it's one of those things where you're down a well and you're not really sure if there's a ladder or how to climb your way out. So how did you climb your way out? I totally agree with you, by the way. I think it's a very feminine trait, a very female trait. First of all, I hit like how I how I figured it out, I literally hit a wall. Like I came to this place where I was bitter and resentful and exhausted and physically ill. I have Crohn's disease and I was having more and more issues with my Crohn's disease and literally just exhausted and feeling like I just can't do this anymore. And so I I really didn't have a choice because I, I think this happens to a lot of women. My soul had been screaming for a long time, like, this isn't working. And I just kept not listening. And I just kept shoving it down. And it got to a point where it was screaming so loud that there just was no more ignoring it. So that's how I sort of came to that point. Because like you said, you know, I think as women, we get ourselves to this point where we're like, there is no way out of this. And for me, that feeling was so entrenched because I am the primary breadwinner in my family. And I have been for a handful of years, actually more than a handful of years at this point. But and so I just like, I couldn't imagine how can I do this? Because I can't change jobs. I can't do this. I can't do that. I have to support my family. I have to take care of everybody. Right. Right. But then I came to this point where I was like, I just can't. I just can't. And I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm going to change things. And so the retreat was the first step. And then when I came home, it really just started with small things like setting boundaries around my time and saying to my husband and my children, I need 15 or 20 minutes in the morning to be quiet and to gather myself. I need a half an hour before bed to start writing down what I'm grateful for, to start writing blogs. And from there, it evolved to these other steps like, okay, I said I can't leave my job, but how could I leave my job and still thrive? And that from that came another job opportunity that I sought out that would allow me to travel part-time for work. And I figured travel, being on planes and in hotels by myself, would give me the time to start my blog and to start my coaching business and to start that ball rolling. And so it really was baby steps. I mean, it was a huge leap for me to leave my job. It was, you know, my career of 17 years. I had run been at the same practice for 13 years. These people were my family. It was a huge leap. But I just had this really deep knowing that like now was the time and that something, something would pan out. And so I just, you know, I just followed my heart and I kept taking small steps. And as I started setting those boundaries and taking the 15 or 20 minutes in the morning, then I started taking an hour at night to go to yoga. And then I started taking, you know, time during the day to write and, and it's all evolved from there. 
And I love that. The job that I left my career for actually didn't end up panning out. After two and a half months, I got laid off Mm. and I thought, oh boy, well, so I believed that something would happen, but boy, when I got laid off after this two and a half months, after taking that big leap, I thought, oh my God, like, what have I done? But I... (laughs) I I stayed calm and I got quiet again. And three weeks later, this consulting opportunity came up and it's an even better fit in my life. And so I truly do believe that when you follow your heart and you take these little action steps, it may not always look the way you expect it to look. It never um, does. But you will be supported if you're doing what you know you should be doing. You said so many pivotal things in in that statement. So I want to kind of unpack that for our listeners. First and foremost, as you were talking about, you know, I took this other job and then I got laid off. It reminds me, so Angie and I met not just in Maui, but at a retreat with The Daily Love and Mastin Kip, if any of our listeners are familiar with him. And I'm being reminded as you're speaking of some of the lessons that we learned. One was when you take action and when you create change, it's not that the angels come out and all the light bulbs go on. (laughs) Typically, it gets worse before it gets better because there are just a lot of things in the universe and in your personal circles that are going to be resistant to that. It's human nature to be resistant to change. So to expect it to dip down before it starts to go back up. And when you were saying, I knew I couldn't leave my job, but there was something in me that started to ask, well, maybe if I could. And I'm reminded of that statement, I know you don't know, but if you did know, what would you say? (laughs) Which is my favorite statement. And you talk so much and so eloquently about listening to your heart and listening to your intuition. And really, we all do have that inside of us. The divine is internal, not external. And we do have the messages that allow us to go forth in the universe and serve our own purpose. So I love that you listen to that, even in just small chunks. You don't have to go out and give up your home and your family and live like Gandhi. It can be the tiny things that make the greatest difference. Right. I love that. Definitely. And it's so funny you said that because I've actually thrown that question at a few clients. (laughs) (laughs) I do too. I love that question. I I know you don't know, but if you did know, what would the answer be? And they always are like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's my favorite. I use that a lot myself. (laughs) So I want to take you back. So you mentioned Crohn's disease. And for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about that, how it's impacted your life, what exactly it is? I I know we've heard that term, but I don't know that much about it, to be honest. Yeah, so Crohn's disease is an inflammatory autoimmune disease. It's a lot like irritable bowel syndrome, um, except it's in a different part of your colon. And it causes all kinds of symptoms. The typical Crohn's patient actually has a lot of gastrointestinal problems, a lot of um, pain with eating certain foods, you know, all kinds of um digestive problems and a lot of Crohn's patients end up having large portions of their colon removed and a lot of times colostomies. And wow, I am atypical. Luckily, I'm knocking at wood as I say this. <laughs> My Crohn's disease was diagnosed in a very bizarre way. It was not because of GI symptoms. It just was total happenstance that it happened. They thought I had an amoeba parasite, actually, which is how this all came about. That is a random thing to have. Yeah. And I had never been like anywhere where you could get the weirdest part. So so my symptoms have always been joint pain, fatigue, achy, like fever chills. And so when when I have a flare-up, it's very much feels like fibromyalgia-ish. Like I'm very Mm. icky, my joints hurt, I have fever chills, I'm absolutely exhausted. Sometimes 
I have GI symptoms. Um, and it's treated with a variety of medicines. A lot of my flare-ups were treated with prednisone, which I no one wants to have to take. Um, and I have to say, though, that since I've changed my life, I'm not going to it again. I don't, I, I have not, I haven't had a flare-up in like two years, and that's almost unheard of with for someone with Crohn's who's not taking medication on a regular basis. So I feel extremely lucky. More than lucky, it's the power of what you do and how you live your life. Yeah, I feel, I was just going to say, I feel lucky, but I also feel proud because I really, yeah. you know, I really think that my outlook and following my heart and leading my life in a way where I, I'm doing what I know I need to be doing and I'm taking care of myself in a way that's very intuitive um, has made has made a huge difference with that. I love that. There are so many people, I think, analytical, intellectual people that will poo-poo listening to your gut or listening to your inner drive. And I think that that is really what sets you on your path and makes everything better. So kudos to you for doing that. And for those of our listeners who want to learn a little bit more about Crohn's disease, we'll have links up on the Vuavant website after this podcast. So Angie, I know that you started Angie Andrews Inspires. Can you tell us a little bit about the business? And I specifically wanted to ask you, so you're a life coach. So you can, can you tell us a little bit about the difference between coaching and therapy? I think a lot of people have a curiosity about what uh, is that distinction? Yeah, sure. Um, so a little bit about my business first. Angie Andrews Inspire is is a handful of things. It is where my blog is hosted and where I share um, you know, my writing and also video blogs with um with my tribe. And um it's I love also, your video blogs, by the way. <laughs> they're they're actually my favorite. I love <laughs> the first one was petrifying after that. Oh I, yes. <laughs> I enjoyed them. Um It's also a one-on-one coaching business, so I do work one-on-one with clients, um, mostly in the area of self-care and personal transformation, Um, you know, creating a a self-care practice and and creating deep connection with yourself. Um, And then I also am starting to run workshops in conjunction, on my own and in conjunction with some of my yoga teachers around the area of self-care as a way of being, you know, a lot of people think self-care means, oh, I need to get a manicure once a week and I need to get my massage once a month. And, um, the self-care that I am talking about and that I support and that I teach is much more about self-care as a way of being. Um, and so I teach that in workshops and, you know, sometime in the next handful of years, um, hopefully sooner, I will also be hosting, um, retreats. Beautiful. Uh, centered around self-care. So coaching versus therapy. Um, such an interesting question. My, yeah. my, my BA is actually in psych and I actually was going to go back for um, my master's in psychology. It's so funny that I've come back to this because my original plan was social work and I, I, I couldn't do it. I did my internship senior year and I was like, oh my God, like, cause I thought I needed to save the world and I could like, I couldn't do it. So mm-hmm. Coaching is very different from therapy because when I'm working with my clients, it's very much just me supporting. It's it's all about them. It's me supporting them and helping them find the answers that they already have. And so it's very much sort of this mentor friend relationship. You know, I've, I've been to therapy. I think all of us have been. To therapy. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> PhD in therapy. Point, yeah. 
And, you know, my relationship with my therapist was very, um, and for good reason, was very professional. And I would sit down and I would talk and she would share some, but it was mostly her listening to me and, you know, giving a little feedback. Coaching sessions are much more of a conversation. I, I use my experiences in my life to help support my clients and to help them know that they're not alone and to help them know that the path, you know, may be hard, but it, that it's there. And so it's, it's not a friendship, but it's very much a conversation and it's very much this rolling relationship where I simply am sitting back and watching them find their path. And I am just here to support them and when they get stuck to help them find the answers that they already have. And so we're not, you know, when I'm in a session, when I'm in a client session, I'm not trying to help them figure out why they hate their mother and what, what happened. Like it's very much about the present and now, and this is already, all of this has already happened. You have the life you're living now. You're living it through the filter that you have now. And, and how do you get where you want to go now? It's, it's very much about being present and very much about taking your present circumstances and, and moving forward. So at least in my perspective from having been to therapy, that's, that's kind of the difference. No, I t- completely agree with you. And I love what you said. And you're really holding up a mirror so they can find them the answers themselves and keeping them accountable. And for myself, I don't know about everybody, but that was very different from therapy because it was, as you mentioned, a very formal process. There was a little bit of feedback, but there was never that bridge that was built mm-hmm. to, okay, here's what happened in the past. And here's why I behave in this manner. But it wasn't. And here's how you get out of the swamp, Kristen. Here's where you want to yeah. go. Here are the steps you need to take. So that's for myself, I can say why coaching has been far more impactful. And I feel as though I moved further in a year and a half with my coach, Laura Murphy, than I did in about 20 years of traditional therapy. Yeah, I, I, I would say the same thing about my experience with my coach. And for me, um, you know, I'm a grown woman, I obviously can keep myself accountable. But having that accountability partner and having someone that I know is a few steps ahead of me on the same path. Yeah. Helping like shine the light as I move has been indispensable for for my growth and for the, the growth of my business. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, if you're enjoying today's episode, consider supporting the podcast. You can purchase a copy of the Corporate Clichés Adult Coloring Book or try out Amazon Prime or Audible using one of my affiliate links, which you can find in the write-up for any of the episodes at bemovingforward.com. And I think, too, what you mentioned about being able to say, yeah, I did this. And yeah, here's a piece of my story to help inspire. And just to be able to be vulnerable in that space. I know that there are professional rules that do not allow therapists to do that. I know that's been really impactful for me. And I know that that's held me back when I was in therapy to not be able to connect on that level and have somebody say, yep, I went through this, too. And I know that you can get through it because I have, you know, walked out of the swamp myself. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're working with someone who can't see, they know what they want. They they have this deep desire to have it, but they're like, I just don't see how I could, you know, for example, leave my job. Exactly. You know, yeah. to, to have someone sitting in front of you that says, you know, I know exactly what you're feeling. I've been there and I, y- you can do this and we can work together to make it happen. And then, like you said, being a mirror for them to, 
start digging inside for what they already have that they just don't realize they have. Yeah, I love yeah. that. So the name of your website is Angie Andrews Inspire. Who inspires you? Lots of people. Like I'm inspired by lots of people. I'm I'm really inspired by people who are unconditionally, unabashedly themselves. Some of my mentors in like the blogging slash self, you know, care front, Danielle Laporte, I absolutely adore everything she writes and all of her messages. We'll have a link to Danielle Laporte on the website as well. I'm a big fan of hers too. Yeah, I just, I love her writing. I mean, she's so, it's just like, so here it is and take it or leave it. And unapologetic, yeah. She uses words, like, it's just like, she has such a gift. Like, Yeah, it's an art. It's definitely an art. Yeah. I'm, you know, I I can't, there's no one I can, I am just inspired by women who live their truth and who follow their heart. And that comes in so many ways. You know, it it comes like you as my Maui sister, you know, a bunch of our other Maui sisters that I'm still in contact with women that I work with, you know, my mother, um, who at the age of 70 was reading my blogs and saying, Oh, I wish I was young enough to make changes and whom I've seen like completely changing the way she's looking at life. It's it's crazy. So Danielle, definitely. And there are other bloggers, you know, that I read that inspire me. But I would have to say that most of all, that it's, you know, just women who live their truth, who really take the bull by the horns and take the time to to know what they want and, and go after it without being apologetic about it. Because I think because now I know that that's okay to do and I didn't used to. I think that that really inspires me. That, I love that because here's what I got from that is it's not one individual, it's the energy that you're drawn to and I think we all are and I never realized how much value there is in being completely authentic but when I am drawn to people and when people are important in my life and one of our first podcasts I spoke about my yoga teacher, Ryan Krupa, the reason that I am so drawn to his classes is because he is unapologetically authentic and just heroically vulnerable. And I think that those are the qualities that we all want to emulate. And when we see somebody else do it, it gives us permission to do so in our own life. Yeah, absolutely. That That's a beautiful way to say what I was trying to say. That's exactly, that's exactly how I feel about that. Well, let's talk a little bit about yoga. And I know that you practice kundalini yoga. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about your practice. How would you distinguish uh, kundalini from other forms of yoga and why have you been drawn to it? So kundalini is definitely my favorite. Yoga is definitely what I'm drawn to. I do also practice um, regular yoga. I go to a lot of vinyasa flow and and um, at a local studio and I absolutely love my teacher there too. Um, but for me, kundalini is so amazingly effective at bringing you to that space that you were talking about. You know, everyone has a piece of the divine in themselves. Everyone is a piece of the divine living here. And Kundalini Yoga just has this way of very quickly and effectively bringing you to that place and allowing you to feel that essence of who you are and and to create transformation in your life. And I don't really understand why you know as well as I do, Kristen, you've done some kundalini. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like if people walk crazy. Yeah. when you're doing it, they might think that you've lost your mind. 
it, it, it's crazy, but it just, there's something so centering about it for me and that has brought me so much closer to the core of who I am. When I'm doing a vinyasa flow class, I am definitely connected with myself. I am definitely able to be in a place of surrender and to really connect with that part of myself. But when I'm doing a Kundalini class, it like takes it to a whole other level for me. And I'm almost not really, I'm almost not really in my body. Like I'm almost somewhere else in my body is doing something else. And I get to this space where I just get to my intuition and to my heart faster and more effectively than I do when I do a traditional yoga class. I like that. Faster to your heart and to your intuition. And I, for any listeners who are interested, you've touched on meditation and then our discussion about kundalini yoga. But my personal practice is I, and I've heard so many people say this, oh, I can't sit still long enough to meditate. For me, I do the kundalini, especially the ego eradicator, at least every day, hopefully a couple of times a day. And that allows me to be still and to be silent and to receive the messages that I need to. For those of you who are not familiar with meditation and the difference between meditation and prayer, I love what Deepak Chopra has said about that, that prayer is when you speak to the divine and meditation is when you listen. And I know for myself, it's far more important for me to listen than it is for me to speak. So it's a wonderful tool. And we'll have some resources again on the website if anybody's interested in learning more about Kundalini. Yeah. But speaking about spirituality, can you speak about your own spiritual practices? So I know Kundalini is one of the ways that you connect to the divine, but do you have any other tricks or tips for those uh, listeners out there looking to get started? And what did your evolution in the spiritual realm look like? Were you always spiritual? Is this a new mm-hmm. awareness that you've discovered? So I was raised, I was raised Catholic and went to church pretty much my whole life until I went to college. And funny enough, I went to a a Catholic college, but I stopped going to church. (laughs) I did go to some of the masses at school because at college, the the masses were actually very much geared towards people my age and it was very open and it was not traditional. But I sort of let go of my religion and without realizing I let go of my spirituality. So I would have to Mm. say that I have always been a spiritual being. I've always known that there's a power greater than myself, but I would have to say that there was a good 10 or 15 years in my life where I completely lost my connection to that. And funny enough, in this whole crisis state that I was in a couple years ago, where I was exhausted and sick and resentful, I was at my chiropractor's office and he could tell that I was just done. And he'd known me for years and I was saying how hard work was, how stressed out I was, how I didn't have any time. And he just looked me in the eye and I know him so well. So I knew exactly what he was saying. And he said, where do you go for support? And Mm. I knew what he, I knew what he was saying is he was asking me about my spirituality. And I realized in that moment that I had completely let go of that. And it really is a huge piece of who I am. So yes, I've always been spiritual I am not. I would not consider myself religious anymore. How um, would you define spirituality versus religion? Religion is more for me, anyway. Religion is the the act of like engaging in something that has rules and boundaries and defines who God or spirit or whatever is in a very like narrow way. Um, and for me, spirituality is is. It's not necessarily about God. It can be about 
you know, some people call it the universe. Some people call it divine. To me, spirituality is just that connection with your your higher power, with that source of divine, whether it's, you know, the divine that you believe in outside of you or the or the piece of the divine in you. But just it's a connection with something greater than yourself that you know has your back. Mm, yes. Even though sometimes, like we said, it, it wouldn't appear that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so for me, religion is very much about rules and this is how it has to be. And spirituality is very much about this is my connection to my highest self, to a higher power, to something bigger than myself that, you know, that has a greater plan for me than I could even have for myself. Mm. One of my favorite quotes is by George Lucas. And he says, you don't have to believe in God. It's a lonely life if you don't. And so I love, you know, it is a choice whether or not you believe, but I think if we sit still and are silent, we all know that there's something bigger than us. We wouldn't be here without it. Yeah. I mean, that's, and so part of my practice, that's part of my practice. You know, you talked about meditation. You asked what my spiritual practice is. Mm -hmm. My spiritual practice is very much based on loosely on meditation. You know, I, I am not one that will sit here. I'm actually sitting in my sacred space right now in the corner of my bedroom I will not sit here for long periods of time and just breathe, but I will sit here and be quiet and breathe. I do have a morning prayer that I put out there, you know, asking, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? That's Um, my favorite prayer, Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson. She's like my favorite. (laughs) She inspires me. There we go. She really inspires me. I just started reading A Course in Miracles myself. I did too. Um, I'm doing the daily practices. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll have to talk. We will. Um, and you know, a new part of my spiritual practice is being in sacred space. So I, I, in my room, I now have this space where I have, you know, candles that I love and crystals that I love and rocks that I've collected on my vacation and things that just feel like they're part of me that are important to me. And sitting in this space is, is very spiritual to me. And that's sort of my practice. I don't have Yoga is my spiritual practice. When I go to yoga, that is definitely for me time to connect with myself and the divine. You know, in my yoga class, my not kundalini yoga class, my teacher always asks us when our hands are at our heart to, you know, say one word that we want to be our focus for the practice. And mine is always surrender. And that's surrender to what is, which is my way of saying to the divine, I'm surrendering to whatever is and whatever the path is, it will unfold the way it will unfold. And, you know, that is so powerful because so so many people struggle with control, maintaining control, being in control, having control. And when you give that up, it's incredibly freeing. It's the most freeing feeling in the universe. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's so hard for some people and it wasn't, it wasn't easy for me, but boy, it opens up opens up a whole new world for it, sure. It really does because when you're in control or you think you are, you're always just hanging on by your fingertips. You really are. And so to be able to give that up and just allow to be what will be, yeah, it's um, it's a high like no other. Well, and what you just said is so true. You said when we believe we're in control because the fact right. is <laughs> we're not. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> Absolutely not. We are not. So, you know, to let that go and to just realize, and like I said, you know, the 
the plan that's out there that's going to unfold is going to unfold. And many times it's way bigger than anything that we could dream up for ourselves. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. I love Absolutely. that. Mm. Angie, final question for you. When do you feel the most free? When do I feel the most free? I feel the most free when I am traveling, when I am by the water, especially the ocean. There's something so amazing to me about the ocean. When I'm staring up at the moon. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I'm walking in the woods or walking in nature, you know, you tend to get that you get that feeling that, you know, we're all one thing and that we aren't really separate from anybody else. And really living my life with ease and flow is when I feel the most free in the way that I can live in ease and flow is to just follow my intuition and my heart. So beautiful. that was a long-winded answer. For no, me. not at all. Beautiful. And what I got from that is just the energy of nature more so than any one thing or any one place. It's the energy. It's the feeling mm -hmm. that underlies it all. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. So if our listeners wanted to connect with you, how would they do so? Well, my website is www.angieandrewinspire.com. Andrewsinspire.com. And we'll have that over on vuavant.com for all of our listeners. I am on Facebook. If you go to Angie Andrews on Facebook, I have a Facebook page where I share all of my blogs. I am on Instagram. And it's Angie Andrews Inspire on Instagram. And then on Twitter... It's AM Inspire because Angie Andrews Inspire was, was not available. It's too long. <laughs> <laughs> and are those links available from your website as well? We can put them yeah. on Vuavant, but we can, yeah. But if yeah. you want to connect All with her that. on All the website as well. Website. As well as my email. There's a link to my email um, on my website. And my website is actually being, it's, it's up and it's there. Um, it's, it's being reconstructed right now. So there may be some places where it says under construction, but most of it is, is up and running. And it's, I can testify. It's very beautiful and very inspiring. So thank you, Angie, so much for being here today. Your power to show up authentically is such a gift. And I know other people are going to be inspired by your presence. So thank you. Humbly. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And I'm so excited to listen to all of these, all of these interviews that you're doing. I think it's an awesome, um, awesome thing to put out there. Thank you. And listeners, thank you as well. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, rate us on iTunes and Stitcher. Until next week, keep moving forward. This is Krista Nepper. Good night and Satnam. Now it's time for you to move forward and discover the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and BeMovingForward.com. All rights reserved.